though now to the UN because uh, the UN's representative to Sudan has just been uh, just started giving his assessment as that new ceasefire about to start in that country after everything we've seen in the last month or so. Let's put the microphones up. States ...and ensure that refugees, that refugee needs are met with dignity. Madam President, in Khartoum, in Darfur and elsewhere, the warring parties have fought their war with little regard for the laws and norms of war. Homes, shops, places of worship, water and electricity installations have been destroyed or damaged. The health sector is collapsing. With more than two-thirds of hospitals closed, many healthcare workers killed and medical supplies running low. The frequently reported use of health facilities as military positions is unacceptable. I'm appalled by the reports of sexual violence against women and girls, including allegations of rape in Khartoum and Darfur. The United Nations is following up to verify these cases. The warring parties must prevent any reoccurrence of such violence. Children are facing serious protection concerns and continue to be vulnerable to recruitment sexual violence and abduction. Reports of rampant looting, of intimidation, harassment and enforced disappearance are deeply concerning. UN premises and residences, including the UNITAMS compound, as well as large amounts of food and humanitarian supplies have also been looted. Criminality is compounded by the release of thousands of prisoners and the increasing spread of small arms. And I'm also concerned about reported death threats against political activists, activists and leaders, about the, arrest of the arrests of Sudanese volunteers and the intimidation of journalists. Excellencies, in parts of the country, fighting between the two armies or the two armed formations has sharpened intercommunal tensions or triggered conflict between communities. In Al Jinaina in West Darfur, clashes between the Sudanese armed forces and the rapid support forces spiraled into ethnic violence on 24 April. Tribal militias joined the fight and civilians took up arms to defend themselves. Homes, markets, hospitals were ransacked and burned, UN premises looted. In mid-May, renewed violence led to more death and destruction. Altogether, more than 250 persons were reportedly killed and tens of thousands were displaced to neighboring Chad. The security situation is impeding the delivery of humanitarian aid. I continue, I continue to engage national and local leaders to de-escalate the situation. Worrying signs of tribal mobilization are also reported in other parts of the country, particularly in South Kordofan, as well as the Blue Nile region. The fighting throughout the country has resulted in serious human rights abuses and violations of international humanitarian law and undermines the protection of civilians. These violations must be investigated and the perpetrators must be brought to justice. The United Nations family continues to monitor and advocate for an end to all these violations. Members of the Council, some commentators have placed the blame for this conflict 
on the international community for not having seen warning signs. Others blame the political process or the framework agreement which intended to lead to a civilian-led government, or blame the international community for giving an outsized role in the process to the men with guns. But let us be clear. The responsibility for the fighting rests with those who are waging it daily. The leadership of the two sides who have chosen to settle their unresolved conflict on the battlefield rather than at the table. It's their decision that is ravaging Sudan, and they can end it. What has been happening on and since April 15 is precisely what the United Nations and our partners in the Well, we'll keep an eye uh, as that uh, UN session uh, continues. But uh, whilst we uh, listen to that assessment about the fighting, about the deaths, about the displaced, about uh, using rape as a weapon, all of those concerns playing out as the hours tick down to this latest uh, ceasefire a little later today. Let's speak to Sir William Patey, who's a former UK ambassador to Sudan. Uh, Sir William, thank you so much for being here on the programme. Uh, uh, there were reports uh, in the last couple of hours of more gunfire, more explosions. Uh, are you any more hopeful uh, for this ceasefire compared to all the ones that have come and gone before? Well, this one has slightly more substance to it in that both parties attended a meeting in Jeddah, brokered by the Saudis and uh, attended by the United States. They both signed an agreement uh, which goes beyond what the usual ceasefires were just to allow humanitarian um, uh, access or humanitarian goods to be delivered. So it's a slightly more substantial ceasefire, but you'd have to be um, wildly optimistic to think that uh, it will hold throughout the country um, and it doesn't address the fundamental issues that the two parties, uh, uh, Burhan leading the military and Hemeti leading the RSF, are intent on defeating the other side and taking power. That hasn't really changed. So even if it holds temporarily, it will need to be followed up with, uh, with uh, real negotiations and real pressure on both sides. So your gut feeling is that uh, both of the principal uh, leaders here both still think they can win this militarily? It does appear to be so. Uh, the, the, uh, and it will become obvious to them that they can't. I don't think that the, the Sudanese armed forces can get rid of the RSF from the hospitals and civilian homes that they've occupied uh, throughout Khartoum without a huge loss of life. And the RSF are not, don't have the military force to take over the whole country. So, but they don't seem to have reached that conclusion yet. Uh, they may be using the pause to reflect and to resupply, or uh, that's what sometimes happens. The, I suppose the positive thing about this ceasefire, it has a, a monitoring mechanism attached to it with Americans and Saudis and representatives of both parties. So neither party will wish to be accused by the international community or by the Saudis and the Americans of breaking the ceasefire. So that, that may add to the pressure on them to keep to it. And we'll have to wait and see. You said in your first answer that, uh, you know, hopefully they could build on this, get to the point of negotiations. Then you conceded that uh, perhaps they still think they can win this uh, on the battlefield. Uh, what are the levers from the Saudis, from the Americans or any other uh, influential party that can actually start to put pressure on them to actually negotiate? 
very few, uh, except I suppose they could start um, attacking the sources of funding. They could try and shut off the sale of gold that the uh, the RSF have been engaged in. But they're doing it through the Wagner Group and through Dubai. They would need the help of the Emiratis to stop that. Burhan himself, the the the, the SAF, the army have uh, frozen the funds of uh, RSF and and the, and the companies they control. But that's not going to have an impact in 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 the short term. But um, so there's very limited pressure. Um, sanctions don't work in the short term. Um, I suppose they could have a go at the supply of arms, but these all take a lot of international cooperation, uh, which is not evident in the current uh, global situation. Uh, meanwhile, you've got about a million people displaced. It is a huge crisis within the country that has all of the potential to spill over into the region as well. I mean, in terms of any sort of path back to democracy, how do you assess that? Well, that's going to be a long haul. Uh, the first, the priority is going to be to stop the fighting and get some agreement between the military parties. I mean, they're the ones who cast the democratic process aside. Uh, the, I mean, the UN representative spoke about the framework agreement, which was established to allow a transition to, to democracy. Um, that's not going to be the immediate focus of the discussions. It's going to be about bringing an end to the fighting and reaching some agreement between the military factions but in the long run, unless the uh, Sudanese civil society, and there is a very strong civil society in Sudan, unless they can be brought into the, pro uh, the process, we're only talking about a, 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 temp a temporary halt. So, William Petty, we will leave it there as we uh, continue to watch what is coming out of the UN. Thanks so much for providing that analysis uh, there for us uh, from London. Thank you so much for your time.